Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Miracatani with Matt Chat. Today I'm joined by the brain trust of USA Wrestling, Rich Bender, Cody Bickley, and Bill Zadick. Gentlemen, congratulations on everything that has happened this summer, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Use that term, uh, brain trust, pretty loosely. But... <laughs> I thought you'd say gentlemen, so brain. I was good with brain trust. So... <laughs> Rich, let me start with you. As a guy who started as an intern with USA Wrestling and has worked his way up, just how special has this summer been for you guys? Well, and, and you know, I've been blessed to have the opportunity to be around this organization and sport uh, at this level for the last 29 years, and there's been no more special years than this for sure. Obviously, uh, a lot of what we do revolves around uh, the success of our athletes on the mat and I mean, we, we, we've not had a year like before, so I am, I'm somewhat unprecedented, and it's been really special and, 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 and really great to see the, the, the fruits of a lot of people's labor be harvested. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that, and, and Andy Hamilton and I have talked about this a lot. He did an interview with Doc Bennett. Besides the two guys next to you, which we're going to talk to as well, who are some other people that, that really deserve some credit for what's happened in this summer that's led up to all this? Well, certainly that's a slippery slope to go down. And, and you know, I think, you know, obviously uh, none of this happens without the, the, the great support from, from sponsors and guys like Art Martori. Who, who was there at the very beginning of everything with USA Wrestling. And, and obviously there's, there's just too many people to mention. Sure, I that understand. Right. In it. And, you know, certainly, you know, obviously we're really blessed to have the guy pulling the levers to my left here, Bill Zadick, uh, leading this team. And, you know, obviously Bill's been involved in this program from, from its uh, inception, really, of, of a really a, a strong focus on, on the, on the development side of, of, of the USA Wrestling program, and, and certainly, obviously, none of this could be have been possible either without the support of the thousands of volunteers that that really give their, a lot of their summer to help to help help athletes get better. Obviously, the regional training centers and and those coaches and the supporters of those programs are incredibly important. But you know, I think it's you know it's important to to recognize. Obviously, we have a lot of individuals and in, that that have given not only of their 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 talents, but also their their time and their treasure. So, um, you know, it's this this is a uh, uh, the result of really a lot of people uh, unselfishly given to to the sport. Yeah, I, I, it's obviously true. I, I battle with trying not to be a prisoner of the moment, but at the same time trying to really process and soak up everything that happened. Is is there a way that we can sort of get the proper historical context of what you guys have been able to accomplish this summer? Well, I mean, if you look at it through the specifically the men's freestyle program and, you know, obviously, um, you know, it's well documented. We, we've won twice before in history in 93 and 95 and, and certainly had a, had the, um, the really the, the, the luxury of being around that, those teams and really great, great, great athletes, but it was a different time. I mean, it was a, a time when the Soviet Union was just breaking up and the, the republics were all starting to get their kind of feet underneath themselves. And, you know, I think it, what's special about, about this year is that I, I think we went in and won the world championships with, you know, arguably the, the, the deepest field in history of the sport. So, you know, I think that's, that's saying something. And, you know, last year we won more medals 
collectively in all the age groups than we have since 1972, and I think this year we're gonna we're gonna set the all-time record. So uh, obviously had a have had a good good week so far and in Athens with our cadets and hopefully we can finish strong there and, and, and set the bar real high. And, you know, I think, you know, moving forward as we start to, um, you know, expand into 10 weight classes, I think yeah. certainly those, those records are, and I think John Smith said it pretty well in his interview and in, in uh, when someone was asking him about, uh, you know, his record maybe being, being broken by Helen or Jordan or someone like that. And John said, Hey, record made to be broken. So, you know, certainly, hopefully, we set the bar pretty high this year, and and can break it again next year and the year after that. So, I think the you know from a historical perspective, I, I can't imagine that you you could make the argument that we have that we've been much stronger. <laughs> yeah, you guys did an amazing job, Cody Bickley. Thanks for coming on. First of all, I got so many positive responses to. Uh, our interview earlier this summer, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you in person, but just want to say really appreciate you coming on earlier. So, Dave, I just want to clarify, that's probably second to the calls you got about my interview, right? I think that goes without saying, right? I, I, I'm right. sorry. If I have to say that, I will. <laughs> so we're recording this in the middle of the Cadet World Championships. So just for now, I'm going to focus on the junior and senior worlds. And Cody, I know you're a big numbers guy and really under, you know, know these things and you really explain the RTCs, uh, really, really in depth this summer. How many, how historical was the performance of the junior team and how many of the senior level guys, uh, competed at the junior level internationally? Well, first off, from a historical perspective, right? Junior, senior, that with what Rich was just talking about and the questions that you asked. Never been done before, right? A world title at both age levels in the same year. So I think that pretty much takes care of, of that question right there. <laughs> right. Um, that has been done until 2017. So we're pretty, pretty excited about that. With regards to the senior guys, I mean, Bill obviously has been, in, he was entrenched prior to taking over as the head man in that role. And, um, out of these eight guys, five out of the eight, uh, competed at the Junior World cha- Championships with only um, Green, um, Cox, and Gwiz not competing at the Junior Worlds. But uh, James Green does have a University World Silver Medal as well. So, and you know, Bill talked about it, and others before with the uh, with the firepower that we were going into Paris on how many guys had at least age level or senior world medals going into Paris and so there was there was reason to be optimistic but it was good to see it come to fruition on uh, August 26th yeah I think that's I was just going to say I think a lot of us were optimistic but you know you don't want to jinx it so uh, in your mind how essential are these RTCs to the success levels that that we've been seeing this summer well there's you know and and we talked about that earlier um, when we did that interview Dave and it's you know, we we feel sitting around the table here that they're they've been a, a big piece to what's going on right now, no doubt about it. You're seeing hires across the country where there are prominent wrestling coaches that you know are are stepping into these roles, RTC head coaching roles, and that's that's good for America. That's good for uh, men's freestyle wrestling for sure. We we are excited about that. Um, we're not gonna. We're not going to hide behind the fact we understand, like I said, that there's some some challenges that we need to work through and we need to get better with at the RTCs. But to 
um, say that they're that they're a mistake or we you know we went in the wrong direction. I think is <laughs> that's it's, ridiculous at this point. Yeah, <laughs> going to get bigger and better. And I think that if more people don't want to get on board, then it it's what we talked about that it's you better you better understand the environment right now and the climate and we need to if if you want to keep up with the times and i i want to veer off a little bit i had a conversation with mark manning um in paris and okay. he made and he said you know i put more time and effort into into these guys in our rtc almost than i do my my head job at the university of nebraska and he wasn't upset about that, Dave. He wasn't upset about it, but he just he understands it. He's know? committed he under- to it. Yeah. He, yeah. He's committed, right? He he understands the value to the University of Nebraska program of having James Green and Jordan Burroughs around. So I mean it goes without saying. Hey Dave, I just wanted to jump in there real quick and, and I mean make no mistake about it, right? This is a lot more work for our college coaches. We I mean that is for sure. Right. And obviously, you know, as Cody said, right, I mean, we, we this this whole program is designed to be uh, not just a one way street, not just to put athletes on the on the medal stand at the world championships, but make our college programs better, make them more relevant on their college campuses, help those, uh, you know, inspire those those the next generation wrestlers that, hey, I can, you know, I, I, I can have an example around me like Jordan Burroughs on how to live my life, how to train and an and aspirational um uh, asset for those for those teams to have uh, around these student athletes, and but make no mistake about it, we I mean it's a lot of work. I mean I I think about it, I I tease uh, John Smith a lot about it, right? And and John, you know, obviously is one of the hardest working guys in in college wrestling, and to think about the time that he invested on top of uh, you know helping our men's freestyle program, help you know obviously he's got a lot of work to do around recruiting and his program at at Oklahoma State, and also uh, unselfishly give to our women's program is really a, a big testament to, to you know, uh, the, the sport of wrestling and, and, and the commitment that, that everyone has to, to the overall program. And I think, you know, we've got to do a good, a better job of recognizing that and thanking those coaches and because and, and, it, it can't be a one-way street. It can't be just about helping USA Wrestling, right? And, you know, our hope is that that, that – uh, Investment that those coaches are making in these athletes come comes back uh, and and pays big dev- dividends to them with their college program, whether that's in recruiting or just helping their kids get better. So, I mean, our our program is built on that premise that you know we we you know we're we're utilizing some of the assets of the sport that aren't traditionally harnessed for for the national team. And I think you know the the the, the resources that are available to elite athletes today. The coaching resources and the financial resources are unprecedented. And and if you you know if you don't think that there's a direct connection between what happened in Paris and that, you're crazy. But I mean, it's really important for us to recognize that. And you know, I I mean, I I understand the pressures that that it puts on our college coaches and our college programs. And and our hope is right that it makes those college programs more significant on their campuses Uh and 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 pays dividends to them, even if. You know, John says it to me all the time. Hey, I, I don't get paid to win medals at the World Championships. I get paid to win at Oklahoma State, kind of in that same kind of accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, it's a, and, and you know, we, we want it to be a win-win situation. And I know, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of college programs out there that are, 
they're struggling and, you know, thinking, wow, I mean, I, I'm just overwhelmed by this this whole regional training center, center model. But, you know, we think that it's it's in place to provide the opportunity for everybody to take advantage of it. Now, is it a lot of work? For sure. And we got to do, a, you know, we have to be diligent in, in recognizing that investment and doing all we can to help help those coaches and, and their uh, support system stay strong. I think it's very well said. And I do think, you know, as a guy that coached college for a lot of years and recruited, I don't think there's any coincidence that the teams that are doing best at the NCAA level have a lot of guys on this team. So I, I but I do think it's great that you shouted those guys out and, and gave them the love that they deserve for being so instrumental in, in the success that USA Wrestling is having. So I mean, Bill, Bill Zach's a great coach, but he can't do it alone. <laughs> Bill Zadick is a great coach, and he's the guy I want to talk to. Coach, congratulations. What, a, what an epic accomplishment for you guys. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, extremely exciting. Yeah. As the guy in charge – um, you know, I had Zeke Jones on, and he kind of told me his perspective of working with these coaches and everything. But one of the things he talked about was just how emotional it was at these meets. So I just wanted to ask you, how emotional was it for those, you know, the days leading up and then those two days with just the highs and lows that happened? Wait a minute. Is, is Zeke Jones no longer in charge? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess the days leading up are, are, I mean, not very emotional at all. You know, you kind of focus, uh, on the details and, and, you know, as the the saying goes, the devil's in the details and, and we, um, had game plans for each of our athletes and for our team collectively. Um, and we keep, uh, close attention to those specifics. And, uh, I think that helps control emotions and control nerves and control, expectations and manage those things um, before the competition. And, and I think the more thorough and prepared that you are, uh, the better it helps you to manage those emotions. So I think the the attitude and the energy amongst the team and our personal coaches and uh, all summer in our training camps, in our acclimation camp, and our final uh Preparation when we arrived in Paris was all, you know, very good, and, and uh, I think everybody um, had common goals and, and knew which way we were all pulling the sled the same direction. Um, so it, it was it was very good. It was very good by everybody that was involved in helping, you know, even down, you know, to our support staff, the team that's around the team, our our sport dietitian. Our, you know, massage therapists, our athletic trainers, um, all of those people, um, just excellent in their attitudes and in their in their execution of their jobs and their responsibilities. It was just very good. And how crazy was it as you're going through the tournament? And you know, I don't think maybe everybody in America understands the team scoring, but it's the, the part that is easy to explain is until guys hit the finals. You don't know, obviously, who's in the finals and who's coming through the backside. So are you tracking that, or are you just more or less just kind of focusing on the four guys on day one and four guys on day two, and you'll just figure the, you know, the points out as it goes? Yeah, a little of both. I mean, again, I, it's it was, you know, I care about these guys a lot, and I know how much they put into it, and, and all of us put a lot, you know, 
dedicate our entire lives and commit our whole uh, energy to to seeing these guys achieve and, and give them the best opportunity. So um, because of that, you, you, there's a tremendous amount invested um, emotionally, personally, and collectively. So you get to the tournament, and I, I try to focus on the details and, and, and getting what these guys need for competition um, at that time. You know, it's pretty uh, it's pretty well understood, and, it, and it's it's almost uh, mechanical in its execution. Hopefully, ideally, and uh-huh. this year these guys um, they they um, they're all professionals and they executed extremely well. Um, it is nerve wracking for me as a coach. It's very nerve wracking as you know we've had a lot of great teams and uh, a lot of high potential. So. Uh, when it starts coming together and you see it happening, um, you know, I, I try to be uh, reserved about uh, what the potential is and just keep focusing on those details. But, you know, once we finish day one and we, we have a, you know, a great start and the idea is out there that, yeah, we're uh, wrestling up to our potential and what we believe we can do. The second day, you know, those things keep coming around and people are saying, hey, we're this, we're that. Of course, I know the team points and the scoring and and how that breaks down. But, um, again, just to manage those expectations and manage the pressure, it's it's about eight individuals. It's about focusing on their specifics and their needs and them executing and giving them the best opportunities and uh, helping their personal coaches. you know, we all have our, our job responsibilities, and, you know, Joe Russell and Kevin Jackson, they're supporting us with, uh, you know, doing advanced scouting on opponents and, and uh, getting, you know, uh, a couple of bullet points to, to have our, our, you know, athlete at the highest readiness and communicating that with our personal coaches. And um, you, you, focusing on those specifics kind of helps manage um, those pressures, but uh, – it's been a lot of fun since the tournament. I'll bet. I was, it was extremely nerve-wracking during the tournament. <laughs> I, I know how much these guys put into it. I know how much their coaches, their RTCs, and everyone puts into it, and I just I want to see them accomplish as validation for their efforts. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot riding on it, and so it was extremely nerve-wracking. You know, I, I doubt that any camera had uh, – had me in view when when Kyle was wrestling, but we all knew it came down to the final, you know, the match for not only the the gold medal but the whole kit and caboodle for the team race. And when he scored that takedown, I, I think I wish it was documented because I definitely had the highest vertical leap of my life. I was going to just say that he tapped out on the charts, right? <laughs> yeah, I had to jump eight in the air. I, both my biceps and my pecs throwing my arms at the sky, and it was just pretty exciting. Yeah, he, he – that was – I keep using the words epic and awesome, and I'm going to have to open up my vocabulary. But I just think it made a lot of people proud, proud to be an American and proud to have wrestled. And even, you know, people that have donated $10 to USA Wrestling to see something like that come together, was it was amazing. So – I'd really like to talk, and any of you guys can jump in on this. I think, obviously, Bill, you may talk about it the most, but I'd like to just get your guys, you know, overall opinion just on how some of those guys wrestled. Um, 
you know, and I, I have a lot of notes here, but I don't think I'm going to go through all of them. Just, I, I guess I'll just talk about the guys that meddled and kind of give you my perspective, I think, from talking to a lot of people and what you guys think. So <laughs> we playing the Sorry, Olympic buddy. music as we go. <laughs> um, so in, in my opinion, Gwiz, he, I thought he had a great tournament. And the, those, those two top guys are just really, really good right now. So in your guys' minds, how close is he to those two? And, and as guys that are involved with them at the highest level, what does he need to do to widen the gap on the guys behind him and close the gap on the two finalists? Yeah, I think uh, Nick Russell, the great tournament, um, you, you know, he's a he's – and just to preface it so I don't sound redundant when I go through everybody, you know, I'm really excited about the athletes on this team. They're sure. intelligent guys. They're hardworking guys. They're thoughtful about their careers and and their styles of wrestling. Um, and Nick certainly exemplified that over this summer. Uh, after making the team, he he just had a, a very steep learning curve, improving in some key areas. And at this level, it's not uh, it's not like we're overhauling somebody's style. It's about small remi- refinements. And and he did a great job fine tuning and and perfecting some of his finishes. And, you know, we know Gwiz is uh, uh, an active, mobile heavyweight and uh, very aggressive. And uh, I think he did a great job in improving and refining his uh, his attacks and his finishes. Um, and, and, you know, he had great performance in Spain and beat some quality guys, and, and uh, he just kept using that as a springboard to move up and, and forward. Um the, the two guys that are on top, Agul and, and Petrushvili, they're they're great athletes. How about that final? I mean, how about that yeah. final? I mean, one of the one of the best heavyweight matches in the world championship finals that I can remember. Yeah, know? it was awesome. And yeah, every one of them in basically the last thirty years. So, yeah, that was. I mean, it was a, really a great world championships, top to bottom. Besides the United States performance, there was a lot of excellent wrestling. Um, and those two athletes are exceptional, and I think Gwiz is right there with him. I think uh, uh, he had a little apprehension when he stepped out on the mat with that goal, but I think you look about two and a half minutes into the match, he gets in deep on a single and comes up to his feet. He ended up not scoring, but um, I, I think it was about that point that he believed that, hey, I can actually wrestle with this guy and forgot about the accolades and just started wrestling a body in a singlet. And, uh, unfortunately, we, you know, we were in a bit of a hole at that point. But I think that was still encouragement to him that, hey, these guys are humans. They they put on their shoes and their singlet just the same way we do. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, he's got all the potential in the future to continue to advance. And so, you know, everybody on the team from top to bottom. You know, Gilman had a great performance. Uh I think some small fine uh, refinements in, in what he's doing are going to make a big difference. He's going to be a formidable uh, guy in the future at the weight class, um, you know, and, and I had a lot of faith in him going in. He's been on cadet world team and two junior world teams for me in the past when I was a developmental coach, junior world medal. Um, you know the guy can compete. Uh-huh. And, you know, everybody up and down the lineup, really. I mean, th- this team – you want to talk about the medalists, but I want to talk about everybody because they're all great guys. And and Logan, 
We, we know, I mean, he's world champ, right? We know the guy's one of the best in the world. You know he has all the potential. He's got a ton of passion for wrestling and improving. I have no doubt that he's he's going to be a force in the future. Um, Zane, Zane, uh, you know, two more seconds, I think he wins that match. And as we've all watched Zane's career, that guy, he starts to snowball and get on a run, and he can punch deep into the tournament. I, I think uh, he wins that match, and it's, you know, uh, a game changer, you know, a to- totally different complexion, you know, style matchups, et cetera, for him to, to be wrestling for a medal and maybe the gold medal. And so a lot of times Americans, because we're so aggressive, because we wrestle a, a tenacious style, um, in a close loss we can be our own worst enemy where uh, the guy's so exhausted they, they have nothing left in the tank uh, to, to pull us through. And I think that was probably the case with Zane. Um Adam Batirov, you know, wrestling for Bahrain, but you know he, he's a great he's a great wrestler. His brother's two time Olympic champ. We we know the history of the family. Um, so uh, good competitors. I think we're very close, um, and I think we have potential to win eight medals in, in moving forward. You know, with ten weights, we we have some high potential um, to to you know. Uh, in, slot themselves into those weight categories in, in uh, really the belief that we have the potential to have 10 medals. Yeah. That's that's really difficult at the same time. It's The world is very good. They're very smart. Um, <laughs> did a great thing this year. Uh, it, it won't be easy to, to do it again, to stay at the top, be at the top or, or very near it um, is going to be extremely challenging. And so we have uh, plenty of work in front of us. That was actually the question I was going to end on, so I'm going to wait for that. But, yeah, so you said so much, and, you know, just I, I think a lot of people know this, but one of the things that's crazy to me is that, you know, Gilman, you know, gets upset at the Nationals and NCAA Nationals, goes to the mini tournament, is down six to nothing in the last chance qual- – not the mini tournament, excuse me, the last chance qualifier, comes yeah. back from that, comes to the mini tournament, beats Ramos, make you know, and then – makes the finals at his first senior level tournament. And I know you said you've dealt with them on the, on the age group level. I just think people almost, you know, they don't know that story. That alone is just incredible. And it's really a testament to his fortitude to, you know, a lot of people would really be down after the NCAAs and he just went in the absolute opposite direction. Um, I guess, you know, maybe Rich, give me, I know you're a huge fan of Jordan Burroughs and, and, you know, he's been the face of USA wrestling for a lot of years now. He's now five time world and Olympic champion. You know, what to me, I would think overcoming the doubt and disappointment of Rio and the struggle he had versus Dake just to make the team was incredible. When you're watching him wrestle at this level, you know, versus maybe some of the other ones. How does he look different or the same to you? And just how important is he to USA Wrestling as a whole? Well, Dave, I'm going to jump in real quick before before Rich gets to that. Um, but, you know, you, you talk about Gilman's uh, trajectory over the summer. And, and, you know, like I said, I already listed his accolades in the past. I had sure. a ton of belief in him. Um, you know, it's kind of similar to Kyle Snyder's uh 
pass in, in 15 where he, he didn't win the NCAA tournament, had a disappointing loss, but he used it to springboard in a positive direction. And, and Thomas did the same thing. And, you know, on top of that, he's got great coaching where he's at with the Brands brothers and, and now, uh, you know, Mark Perry leading their RTC and others there. But, you know, obviously Terry Brands um, knows what it takes to get guys on the top of the podium. Has, you know, he coached Henry, other other top performances in his coaching career. And, you know, Gilman, he, he did the same thing. He used it to springboard uh, and, and – you know, sometimes a, a tough loss, it, it produces a lot of frustration, but frustration's energy, and if you channel it the right way, it, it can it can move you in in positive directions. And, and you know, Thomas and the Brands and, and Hawkeye Wrestling Club and RTC did a great job in developing him over the summer, and, you know, he had a great performance at, at the Spanish Grand Prix. And, uh, I mean, honestly, when you go back to his, his world team trials, um there's a seating meeting after weigh-ins, and I don't, I don't have any input really. I don't, you know, my only uh, role is to break a tie if there's a if there's a a tie and a vote. Okay. And sitting in that meeting, and Thomas Gilman got seated like ninth, ninth. yeah, and I'm like last, <laughs> and and uh, of the seeds, right? We seated, you know, you don't have to seed everybody, but I'm thinking, man, you know. This guy is not being respected well enough in this seeding process, and and uh, it, it it obviously showed when he stepped out on the mat. Maybe it added a little fuel to his fire, um, but I mean, dang, what a what an epic run through the tournament! And you know, probably had the toughest path through the mini tournament. Then has to beat you know a former teammate, and you know, there's a whole bunch of history going there with uh, he and Ramos. And a little bit of an older guy, you know, there's always the big brother factor. Exactly, yeah. So with that performance, you can kind of look at that and say, wow, this kid's ready to roll and he's going to make some noise this summer. Then he goes to the Spanish Grand Prix and uh, has a great performance there. So, um, you you know, he was ready. You know, his coaches had him ready. And uh, you know that anybody that comes out of the Hawkeye program is going to bring the fight. And so, uh, Thomas, he, he did that excellently this year. Yeah, and Dave, you have to check the facts, but I, I, I saw a statistic that what Thomas Gilman didn't win an NCAA championship in his entire career, yet he beat five of them in one day to make the world team. We, so, we were talking about – I think I may have mentioned that to you at Lincoln. It was, yeah, insane, right? Yeah, crazy. But, you know, as Bill said, right, he, I mean, he's in, in, in a great environment, great coaches, great support system there at – and great tradition in Iowa, and you know, I, I think he, he, uh, as Bill said, right, he, 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 he dialed up his trajectory, and you know, had the support system around him to to really take advantage of. It was really good to see that that result. But Jordan Burroughs, so, um, you know, we I talked we talked earlier about you know starting to thank people, and 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 obviously that 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 list is pretty endless. But one of the things we didn't mention is leadership of in the on the team from the athletes and. You know, we got – I mean, there's no better leader in the world of a team than Jordan Burroughs, right? I mean, the guy lives his life absolutely right off the mat, obviously trains as hard as anybody, and doesn't hurt that he's incredibly gifted as well, right? But, I mean, Jordan Burroughs, as you said it, right, he's 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 a leader of a team. Obviously, you know, Kyle's right there with him, but, you know, Jordan's the veteran. Jordan's the guy that, that sets the example. He's he's the guy that, that, you know, people look out of the corner of their eye at – when they're training, I mean, he he he's the guy that 
that, you know, we're standing on top of him when we go to an event like the World Championships. And obviously it's great to see you know, him bounce back. I think he said in his interview, and they said, you're back. He said, I never left. <laughs> and yeah, obviously, um, you know, it, it was funny. after the Right after the, the event was – or the, the right before they actually presented the, the team awards, we were all in the back, and everybody's, you know, taking selfies and, and yucking it up. And I said, JB, what was the last thought – that you had in your mind before they blew the whistle. And I asked Kyle the same thing, too, and I'll tell you what he said. But Jordan thought about it. He goes, you know, uh, I gotta, I'm going to have to get back to you. And he, he kind of – I could tell he was really thinking about it. And then he came back and he said, I know what it was. He goes, I, I said to myself, Jordan, you got to get the first takedown. Well, you know, Jordan didn't get the first takedown in any match at the World Championships. <laughs> and I think – and, and, and when I tell you what Kyle said, I think it's a kind of a testament that they were in the right frame of mind, right? They were, they weren't. I mean, there wasn't anything on their mind really, right? I mean, Jordan went out there, you know, not feeling the pressure of, oh, I got to win because team needs me to win, or I got to win because of the medal fund bonus for my family, or I got to. I mean, he was thinking about something that really probably wasn't. I mean, he was he was free, right? Kyle said, hey, I, I felt, last thing that kept, crossed my mind is I got to jump up really high when the whistle blows. Like like three newspapers. That's the same vertical jump that me and Zadik have. Yeah. Much <laughs> <So. laughs> of the preparation and the coaches, right? I mean, these guys they were in the right frame of mind, and 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 uh, you know not you know feeling the pressure of the the moment, right? I mean, you, I would have thought that Kyle Snyder would have said, "Holy smokes, I got to win." whole team needs me to win to win the world championships or right i mean no i thought about thinking about jumping up high with the whistle blew (laughs) and uh and you know if you look at he did jump up kind of but you know and and, you know back to jordan i mean jordan's right i mean there's nothing i'm going to say that hasn't already been said about the guy i mean right he's a great father he's a great husband he's a great uh leader uh and you know really somebody that that really really proud to to you know be the kind of the um, I don't know what I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, he's he's the he's the guy that that leads our team, uh, you know, from from the athlete side. And I'm really, I mean, just break a little news to you. You know, he was just elected to the to the UWW Athlete Commission and and possibly even um, you know to the to the a leadership position within the Athlete Commission, which would mean a, a, a position on the UWW Executive Board. So wow, wow. Um, you know, Jordan's respected not only in the United States but around the world, and and somebody that, um, you know, people people follow. And and uh, right, I mean, he's his his uh, prowess on social media is legendary, right? And, <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the differences that that I think happened at the World Championships this year, as opposed to Rio, is you know Jordan purposely shut down you know his his social media. Um, and I'm, Bill can talk about, you know, specifically the conversation there, but, you know, Jordan, Jordan got into the right frame of mind early on in this, in this process. And, you know, when we got into, to, to Paris, you know, he, he was, he was going to win the world championships and, you know, that last match, that gold medal match, I mean, that reshot double, when you see Jordan take a guy off his feet, man, it just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And, you know, when he, when he did that and, you know, it's kind of talking about preparation and kind of going away all over the place here. But um, Jordan and, and and we were in the back, and right when Jordan came off, Kevin Jackson ran up to him and he gave him a big hug, and 
they right before had went out on the mat, and Bill can verify this, that they were working on parterre defense for, for that turn that that rushing. And if you remember the first scenario, right, that guy took Jordan down, and he was hard after after that turn, hard. Yeah, right. Right? Jordan, you know, uh, I mean, he defended it. Kind of, I mean, it just kind of speaks to the preparedness of, of, of the coaching staff, right? They were working on something that he actually applied just minutes later. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily good coaching to say that you're going to work on stuff that soon before the match, but, you know, I just, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, just speaks to the preparedness of, of the team, right? I mean, they're, they're, they were expecting it. Jordan was expecting it and was, you know, was able to weather the storm, so to speak. But, man, that, that reshot double late in the match was, um, you know, that, that was a highlight for me because, um, you know, that that was a testament. Jordan Burroughs decided he's going to be a world champion again that day. Yeah, and Andy Hamilton and I did a podcast, and we talked about, you know, at the senior level, the, the winners, you know, Helen and Jordan and Kyle, and how really all three of them, and you would know better than us, but from, what, from our viewpoint, as great a wrestler as they are, they're better people. And I think that says a lot for the future of USA Wrestling, that these guys and, and, and you know, men and women – are role models, not just like, well, they wrestle great, but kind of forget what they do, you know, when they're off the mat, that their lifestyle, everything they do uh, is champion level quality. So I, I think that's awesome. Um, I, uh, I said that, you know, I've said that up several times when I've been interviewed about this team throughout the summer is, is uh, you know, I'm blessed to work with a group, um uh, you know, on the men's freestyle side, but I would say the same thing about our our, our Greco team and our women's team, and, and we have good leadership. You know, each of the head coaches, but th- these I work with great people, great people, and they they happen to be really good wrestlers too. And uh, you know, Kyle and Jordan on our men's side certainly exemplify that as much as anybody. But but everyone from top to bottom, and, and certainly Helen does as well, and. Um, yeah, it's you know it's no it's to me it's no secret that the quality of someone's character it, it provides a sound base foundation and the in the stronger that foundation it's like building a house but you know the stronger that foundation in their character the higher the peak of that pyramid can be and uh, you know I think all of those champions you've mentioned certainly exemplify that. Yeah, I think you know the other thing that I'd add to that is that. I mean, I, I, you talk about those three people, those, our three champs are all really, they're great deflectors, right? I mean, they're, they're deflectors to, to give them the glory other, in other places, whether that's, you know, God or coaches or others that have helped them. And I think, you know, that's a common thread that's woven through, you know, I think all three of these teams. And that is, right, an appreciation for, for you know, what it took for them to get there. Obviously, it goes without saying, you know, the internal uh, drive that has to be there. But, I mean, I think recognition for, in the support they're getting elsewhere is, is important as well. Yeah, for sure. For definitely. So Kyle Snyder, I have, I think I got a good question for each of you guys. So Cody, as the age group guy, I'll give you all three questions. You guys can answer them whatever you want. Cody is the age group guy. You know, just how satisfying was it to see his performance, especially against a fellow Olympian, Olympic champion like Sajulayev? Bill, just how good can he be? And, Rich, I guess, is, you know, the guy that John Smith is lucky enough to share a birthday with, so had maybe the best historical perspective. Can he be the greatest American and possibly greatest world wrestler of all time? So however you guys, whatever order you want to answer those questions would be great. 
So, Dave, I'll, I I appreciate the plug, but i got got to be honest with you here, but that, I'm definitely not the, the quote-unquote age group guy. That would be uh, Coach Kevin Jackson right now. But, you know, prior to that, Bill was in that role. and, and I mean of the three of you on the podcast. I don't mean it like that, so I apologize. So. But, yeah, Bill had a big role in his development, you know, when, when Kyle chose to come out to Colorado Springs and – Coach Brandon Slay as well, but um, obviously those. There, once again, I, I know it's been said a lot, and Rich said it, but there's been a lot of fingerprints put on this trophy, and mm-hmm. that, that's the case. Um, and we're we're uh, excited to be here, sitting with you on on a call like this to talk about you know what has happened. But uh, I think we just got to keep reemphasizing and, and appreciation for. Um, you know, I think I heard Bill say it yesterday. He, you know, we were having a conversation about some stuff, and he had over 200 texts, you know, from people. And so, there's a lot of excitement right now, and uh, we're excited and just blessed to be where we're at. Awesome. Hey, I'll jump in there and say something about Cody Bickley, and and certainly Cody flies below the radar, uh, and you know, obviously. Um, you know, talking about fingerprints, I mean, his paw prints are all over that trophy in terms of the effort that Cody puts in behind the scenes. And I think, you know, I don't know that we've ever had a more popular staff member with our athletes and our coaches than Cody Bickley. And that's not because, you know, Cody's a good golfer or something like that. I mean, it's because he's a good guy, right, and pays attention to details. And it doesn't – I mean, world championships don't happen by accident. And, you know, it takes uh, – you know, we, we, we talked about – donors and others. I mean, it's the staff at USA Wrestling. It's the volunteers that give their time. But, I mean, no more uh, – there's no more staff people more responsible than Cody Bickley in terms of the success that we've had. I mean, his his organization and what he brings to the table every day, uh, he, you know, most of the days he's the first guy in the office and the last to leave and, you know, pays attention to detail. So we're really blessed as a sport to have Cody, that's for sure. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'd echo I'd echo those sentiments. I mean, you can ask anybody on our on our national team, and I would uh, say probably all three national teams. Um, and when you ask Cody something or you suggest something, it's like ironclad. It's in the bank. You don't even think about it another time because you know uh, whatever needs to get done is getting done, and and that's so important. It's imperative uh, to allow us to focus and allow the athletes to focus on the training and and the other specifics that need to be done and. And Cody, you didn't think we could read your handwriting. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Cody does it cheerfully. You know, he's great. He's great to be around. It's great attitude. Um, you know, can't say enough about him. Yeah, the people that recommended that I did the the podcast with him echoed the same thing. And these are people I really respect highly. So I know Cody's probably going to try to figure out a way to deflect all this, but you know. I do know as somebody who worked behind the scenes on this lot of stuff like that, that if you don't do those things, it's hard for the people on the front lines to do what they need to do. So it's definitely a job well done by you, Cody. Thanks, Dave. So you had asked about Kyle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the comparison was made, can he be the greatest ever? Um, sure, sure he can. Um, he's He's done exceptional things. Uh, I think that makes for interesting conversation, and you know, my perspective, of course, is is uh, performance, and, and uh, I'm super excited about what has happened. But I'm always looking forward in the future. And uh, Kyle's done some exceptional things, but uh, you know, the greatest American athlete in U.S. in in our history is is John Smith, and 
you know, Kyle's only halfway there. So what he has to do is 100% more than what he's done, which is amazing. So, <laughs> you know, while I believe unequivocally in his ability, I think it's way premature to start talking about those things. And I think a lot of those conversations bring on, you know, they're, they're good speculation and it's good, you know, scuttle. But uh, I think thinking about the team and the performance and, and Kyle specifically is an individual. He's he's an incredible human being. He's an incredible athlete. I think if he continues to approach his career in the way he is doing um, with a ton of passion, he loves what he does. Uh, as Rich said, he's grateful for every opportunity that he gets to do it, which is one of the reasons he can wrestle so free and not only wrestle a big match like he did, but he actually welcomed it, you know, I mean, this might seem amazing to some people, but it was kind of talking in hypotheticals the week before while we're in Germany in acclimation. You know, he, I mean, it's like the, the, the hypothetical, the most ridiculous thing you can think of is, man, what if it came down to me and Sajulayev, the last match of the tournament with the team title on the line, and then it happens, right? And so he actually contemplates those kinds of things because he loves what he does, because he's so grateful. He welcomed that opportunity like, hey, can I really stand up in this moment? Can I live this moment? I mean, that's really the moment that every athlete dreams about when you're – Right. You know, Bottom of the playing. ninth, base is loaded. Right. Yeah, exactly. Ninth base is loaded. Exactly. And and, and that was that moment for, for us. And, and, you know, that's that's why he's – what he is. Um, As Royce Elgy would say, fourth and ten, two down by the ninth, and we're facing a full court press. <laughs> <laughs> Royce Alger quoting Yogi Berra somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, just a couple last things for you guys, and maybe, I think, Bill, maybe this is the question, a question for you. The, you know, the two new weight classes that are going to be added, and then the two-day weigh-ins, um, I don't want to slide anybody, but I think people kind of have an idea who they think, you know, from America are the maybe the, the front runners to fill those spots. As the guy who's, you know, the head coach, how do you feel about the new weight classes um, and how do you feel about two-day weigh-ins? Uh, I think it's good. I think the, the, the two-day weigh-ins, I think it's uh, UWW is moving the needle forward to provide a, a safer environment for athletes to compete. Um, and, and there's better checks and balances as, as far as uh, being able to make that happen. Uh, I do think that um, for us, we're used to it through our college system, and, and that certainly provides a, a good base for our guys to uh, be familiar with that process. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a tremendous advantage. I, I think we'll be ready for it, but I think the rest of the world – um, like I said, they're they're competitive and they're smart and they'll they'll adjust quickly. So uh, you know, I don't. I, I look at it like, okay, great, we'll be ready for it. They'll be ready for it. Let's go. Um, as far as the weight classes go, uh, twofold. I think it's great that we advance our sport and we grow the opportunity to have more world champions and display our sport on a broader basis with ten weights. And you know, hopefully, we can expand our Olympic weights in the future. Um, I think we have a lot of great potential in in the pipe uh, coming up. And, and uh, you know, the ideas of who the top guys are that might be able to slide right in there is very exciting. I think we have a, you know, um, 
a lot of uh, developmental potential coming in. You know, there's some great kids out there in the college ranks with guys like Bo Nickel and Mark Hall and uh, Miles Martin, et cetera, in, in, you know, in that range of weight categories and others too. I mean, you got Alex Derringer, you got uh, Isaiah Martinez and, and uh, a lot of really good guys that, uh, you know, can step up and, and put a stamp on it and, and jump into those weight categories and, and hopefully, you know, it, it gives us, uh, you know, 20% opportunity for more world champions next year. So that's uh, very exciting. For sure. So for all three of you, my last question, it, it took so much group effort and synergy to get to this level and what you guys, and as you mentioned, the hundreds, if not thousands of others that were involved, what you guys accomplished is amazing. But but now you go from the hunter to the hunted. And the win, as amazing as it was, came by the absolute smallest margin of error. So what do you do to build on these accomplishments, and how do you keep pushing forward and, and trying to widen what was a, a really, really small gap? So, so I'll go first there because Bill can talk about technically what we got to do to to stay on top. But I think, you know, the 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 big idea or the the big challenge that we have now is, you know, how do we how do we use this success to to shove the sport forward from a relevancy standpoint? And you know, obviously, you know, when when U.S. swimming wins at the Olympic Games, swimming gets a gets a gets a bump in the United States. And I think you know the key for us is to you know how do we kind of harness this success on the field of play to, to raise the relevancy of wrestling, right, to, to, to do a better job of publicizing and creating heroes and, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, new innovative ideas like this prowl thing, which is, which is in the works that, that Mike Novogratz and uh, Alexander Schultz are working on or, you know, other ways that we can, can grow wrestling, use this as an opportunity for us to grow wrestling. That's the, that's the, the responsibility I think that, that all of us have is, right, I mean, we have uh, the athletes and the coaches that, that are focused on actually, you know, getting hands raised at the world championships. And then, you know, a lot of us are, are now uh, charged with the responsibility of figuring out how, to, how do we, you know, make sure that this doesn't just isn't that tree that falls in the middle of the forest and nobody knows about. And, you know, how do we use this to, to raise the relevancy of wrestling? And, I, you know, obviously a lot of it happens just organically by being successful, right? I mean, Ohio State wrestling is now more relevant on at Ohio State University than it was before, right? Same, same at Nebraska and the other places that are having, you know, big successes on the, on the field of play. But, I mean, we can't lose sight of the fact that, you know, there's a lot of indicators that the sport of wrestling is not growing domestically. And that, you know, big indicator is the high school participation. And so how are we using successes like this to help inspire parents and, and uh, to encourage their kids to participate in the sport? Because one thing is for sure, and I, I say this all the time, is that anyone that's ever participated in wrestling is better for it, period. No, no buts or anything. They're better for it, period. Whether that's just going to one practice, whether it's, competing as, you know, just in junior high or high school, but I promise you anybody that's participating in sport of wrestling is better for it. And I think, you know, the big thing for USA Wrestling is, though, how do we use successes like winning the world championships? Uh, how do we use that as a springboard to, to raise the relevancy of wrestling? The last thing I'd say, and, and I, I was remiss in not mentioning this when we were talking about thanking people, and one of the things that's a, a common uh, uh, ribbon in, in, in all these elite athletes is great parents, right? We I mean, yeah, for you, sure. Amen to that. I, I was blessed to sit next to Kyle's dad 
uh, during that match in in Paris. Wow. And and I mean, but it's I mean, that's not a surprise that you look at the successes of Helen Morales and Jordan Burroughs and Kyle Snyder. Man, they have great parents, and I think you know that's a you know that's a, that's 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 a testament to to the to the impact that parents have on on on, on children and and opportunities that they provide for kids to participate in sports and obviously those kids wouldn't have, wouldn't have the opportunity that they had in Paris to be successful it wasn't for for their parents and and the other group of people that doesn't get enough credit for and that's our state chapters those those USA wrestling state chapters volunteers that are, that are running the grassroots programs that are providing the opportunity for kids to touch the sport for the very first time. I mean, I, I, I think most people think that all oh, the, the resources at USA Wrestling that's, that's, that's driven to the elite program all is from the U.S. Olympic Committee. Well, the U.S. Olympic Committee makes about 10% of our budget for our, for our, for our overall program, and our, our membership makes up almost 50%. So, right, I mean, we, we, we couldn't do our – I shouldn't say we because there's nothing about me in this – as success, but in terms of the the success of USA Wrestling would not be possible. Jordan Burroughs wouldn't have a chance to be successful at the very highest level if it wasn't for an enormous support system and, and obviously those volunteers that are selling those annual memberships to USA Wrestling and providing opportunity for kids, that, that resource comes back to the organization and is diverted back out into supporting elite athletes. So um, I'll leave you with that. I think it's uh, it's just I mean, it's a big responsibility now that the sport has to say, okay, we have the number one freestyle men's wrestling team in the world. How are we using that to, to increase participation in the sport, raise the relevancy of wrestling? And, you know, obviously we didn't talk at all about this with the Olympic Games uh, coming to L.A. in 2028. I mean, it's, it's some pretty exciting times, and certainly we have some, some great platforms for, for us to, to, to shove wrestling forward. For sure. Cody and Bill, what do you, what do you guys think that you, how do you take this and, you know, widen the gap and how can you use this to benefit the program going forward? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, as Rich said, there's a lot of excitement right now and, and some attention being uh, paid to what's going on. And I think we have to capitalize on that momentum and uh, promote uh, philosophies, ideas, um, expand our programming and our opportunity to uh, invest in, in more talented kids that are out there. Um, and, and as far as uh, the specifics of our team, uh, you know, it's just going to be solid evaluation assignment and, and uh, looking at, at what we did well and continue to perfect and, and move that needle forward. And, and uh, there's always areas to improve, and we can uh, find those out and, and and be thoughtful and, and try to predict what, what the next uh, trends are going to be in the sport, you know. And uh, that takes a lot of work by by our staff and, and uh, the personal coaches, the college coaches, the RTC coaches. And, and uh, you know, they, they do a lot of work. They do a lot of work. And, and that's, you know, from a specific performance standpoint, that's what it's going to be. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the big things for us that – opportunity that we have is is uh you know Kyle's a unique individual and uh but his opportunity you know there's a lot of hungry kids out there that are talented and excited and, and want to be great and providing a, a platform for them to to have that type of experience is uh going to be a, a powerful opportunity for us to move the needle forward uh not only next year but throughout the quad and in the future of 
of not just USA Wrestling, but American Wrestling. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have uh, Joe Russell and Kevin Jackson on staff to, to help me move that forward. And Kevin's going to lead our our developmental team and resident program and, you know, formalizing the opportunity that uh, started with Kyle and, you know, a little bit informally with Henry before that and, you know, in a more formal way with Kyle. But now we're, you know, the USOC sees that lightning has struck more than once. They're investing in the program. We've built a support structure behind it um, academically, socially, and, of course, the performance side. So, um, you know, with our, re- our junior resident program, our, our elite accelerated program is going to be a, a powerful tool for us to uh, to create additional performance in all three styles. Um, but I'm excited about those things. And, and uh, you know, we have to be innovative. We have to be thoughtful. We have to be smart. Um to, to stay at or near the top and, and, and move things forward. And so those are going to be a big focuses uh, for us moving forward with the national team. Awesome. Cody is a guy that deals with, you know, we'll deal with Kevin and, and focusing on the, the lower age groups. And, you know, the difference with those guys is they pass through. They can't stay there forever. They move up to Bill's level. What are you guys going to try to do to, to repeat as junior world champions? Well, uh, Bill stated it, you know, and I, I want to, Talk about something real quick here. You know, that we, uh, I read a, a guy has some Russian ties. He went on to state about how, uh, the Americans, they tend to, you know, he saw a 95, they fell off for a while and they tend to relax a little bit. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a downtime for the Americans coming up. And, um, rest <laughs> assured, we're not, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> about being hunted. Let, Let's talk about if, if a guy that's 21 years old, like Kyle Snyder, welcomes that opportunity that Bill was and Rich were just talking about, I would hope that we as an organization and as a country can step up to the plate and, and answer the bell just as well. And I guarantee you that we have the people now and the support that we're ready for that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here just as excited and Bill and I started talking yesterday about already what we gotta, what we gotta do and what's on the line right now in front of us. We know we've got to get better, and uh, but I rest assured the, the party's not going to be too long because we want to stay where we're at. Awesome. Well, guys, I know how busy you all are. Rich, I appreciate you coordinating everybody's calendars, um, and I appreciate all three of you guys coming on. It's It's been a real pleasure talking to you all, and I really appreciate your time. Congratulations to you guys, and best of luck in the future. Thanks, Thanks, Dave. Dave. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the USA Wrestling Brain Trust. I'm David Miracatani. Speak to you all next week. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.